Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your Tuesday host, Charles Curtis, and with me today is Michelle Martinelli, our, our NASCAR and college football and all other things writer. Michelle, what's going on? Hey, Charles. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having uh, for, for coming on. And uh, we actually have a little bit of news here to share on the podcast before we dive in with Michelle. Um, this will be the, the final Tuesday edition of the For the Win podcast. Uh, we are moving the podcast over to once a week on Fridays with uh, our awesome other host, Hamil Javeri, and she'll be doing it once a week. And, uh, you know, thank you guys and, and everybody out there so much for listening to me. Uh, do this. I think I've been doing this for about a year now, and it's been a lot of fun, and and uh, I've had some great times, and I really appreciate anybody who's clicked on it and listened. And uh, fear not, there are other projects potentially coming for me soon. I'm still at For the Win, uh, but just letting you know, don't come looking for us next Tuesday. Come for Fridays because that's when a lot of fun stuff happens. So thank you guys. All right, let's get into it with Michelle on today's edition. The final edition of the Tuesday podcast, we asked Michelle what Joey Logano's win uh, for means for NASCAR since he won a championship this weekend. Uh, we'll look back on the NASCAR season with Michelle, and she's going to give us a state of the sport report, which will be really interesting because she's got some interesting takes on uh, what's been kind of a down year for NASCAR. So let's just jump into it, Michelle. What does Joey's win mean for NASCAR right now? So I, I think it's a, a good thing um, for a couple reasons, but a lot of it stems from his age, right? He's the only driver competing for a championship this weekend who is not in his 30s. He's 28. Mm. Um, but he's been in the sport. This is his 10th year racing full-time at the top of NASCAR. So it seems like he's been around for a while, but he I think it's a really good thing for the sport because um, – He's young and has so much potential to still go forward and win more championships and, you know, become a potentially a, a generation defining driver. Um, you know, he, he started in the sport when he was 18. And mm-hmm. so it seems like he's been around forever and he has, but he's not, you know, he was going up against Kevin Harvick, who's in his early 40s. Like, that's a huge age difference. So I think that's it's really good to have a young champion um, for the sport, and um, it's just I, I think he'll do a lot of things with it in terms of bringing, um, you know, changing the storyline, changing the narrative for NASCAR because he wasn't predicted to win, he wasn't favored to win by a long shot, and so I, I think it's overall a good thing. I remember when he started in the sport and everyone was shouting boy wonder and the next, you know, mm-hmm. they were throwing it, the next Dale Earnhardt Jr., the next Jeff Gordon, the next this. And, and to see him finally live up to that, I love that in sports. Uh, did you feel that way? Did you, did you feel like going into this weekend that like if Joey Logano wins, like it's, you were, you were kind of rooting for that story. I mean, obviously you're in the press box, you don't root for anything, yada, yada, but in your head, are you thinking like, man, I really would love to see him win. So, <laughs> So I actually wrote a story this weekend that said that basically if Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch didn't win, I kind of felt the season would be a letdown. I was going to ask you about that. It would be a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, those two were by far the two most dominant drivers. Like NASCAR season's really long. We started in February and just ended this weekend. Um, and those two drivers each had eight wins, which was by far the most of anyone else. And so it kind of seemed like they were, it was theirs to lose almost. Um, 
And so, and it just, you know, it's very rare. Uh, our coworker, Ted Berg, writes about it all the time in baseball, that the best team doesn't always win. And I, it kind of seemed like maybe what NASCAR needed was to have the best team win in this situation. It was very rare that um, the three other drivers that Logano went against were the three most dominant drivers, so much so that they were given the nickname the Big Three, right? Yeah. And so when you look at that, like that seemed like a real opportunity. Like, hey, you actually do have the best teams competing. Um, but I, again, I still don't think it's a bad thing because we're everyone's sitting here talking about it. Like Kevin Harvick said, it wasn't going to be a disappointment for him if he didn't win because he knows how hard it is to win. And Kyle Busch kind of said the opposite that like, yeah, it is. Cause that's what it's all about. Um, but it, it just, I, I would never say that it, it's bad to have someone interesting and different and who was the outsider come in and win because he, he did everything. It's not like you could say this was, he was unworthy of this. Like he won when it mattered. Yeah. Uh, well, it does. It begs the question then, like, does NASCAR have a, like a championship season problem? You know what I mean? There are other sports where I, I think of golf and golf has actually improved upon it because they have a FedEx cup where somebody wins a million bucks or what uh, is it? 10 million bucks. I think it's $10 million actually now that I think about it. Whatever it is, it's a big old prize. And and so that sort of ups the ante for, for their quote-unquote postseason, which isn't really a postseason, sort of an extended part of the season. Um, so does NASCAR have that problem where they need to – and they've been tinkering with the playoffs for, like, years. So is this still a problem? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a, a problem. Under the old format, um, it, the championship really would have come down to just Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch on Sunday. Mm. Um, but, but with this, you know, this is, was he favored? No. Did he have, did Joey Logano have the most wins? Not at all, but he won a race a few weeks ago to qualify to be in the championship race and then won the championship race. You know, the, the, the NASCAR champion doesn't have to win the final race. He just higher than the other three competitors to win the championship. And, and, these guys, Logano won the race and the championship, and the rest of them finished in two, three, and four. So I feel like the way that sort of all lines up is it's like, yeah, he, he wasn't the best early on in the season, but lots of teams in other sports aren't the best early on in the season, and still they, they tinker with their strategy in their car, and they earned it. Yeah. When you look back on this season, what do you think you'll remember the most? Do you think it will be that sort of Logano upset of, of the big three? So, I, I mean, you know, you, you it's hard to say this, but you, you look at, the cha- at him as the champion, and that's not to say that he was still the best driver overall this season. He, he wasn't. Um, I think... I think it'll be one of the, those seasons where, you know, you look back and you see that Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch each had eight wins. Martin Truex Jr. had four. And, you know, while you'll obviously remember that Logano is the champion, um, I think I think that will always be, you know, an asterisk, asterisk next to it when you look at the, the season and the whole body of work there because um, – you know, Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch each had stretches throughout the year where they won three consecutive races. Mm. And that was 
early on in the season, but I think what you'll remember aside from the champion is how commanding and dominant their teams were as well. And it just, it didn't end obviously the way they wanted. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you also, cause you were on the road uh, a bunch sort of toward the end of the season. Do you have any fun stories that, or things you'll remember from reporting or just, I don't know, images, uh, moments that you, you had on the road that you want to share anything funny, funny stories with drivers or fans or whoever it might be. Um, one of the things that was super noticeable a few weeks ago, um, I think when I was in Kansas, um, you know, during qualifying and, and all that, um, you know, the, the, the pit crews are, are they're set up, but they're not in their specific, um, pit boxes or anything, any of that when they're qualifying, cause they don't know where exactly they're going to be set up for the race yet and all that. But one thing that really struck me is you walk and it's kind of empty and there's no one really around. Um, but NBC has a broadcast booth on pit road that they were set up with. And what was so funny is that it was still remarkable, the crowd that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is <laughs> attracting people who can barely see his face. Like there's several feet, you know, the, the broadcast booth is several feet above the ground. And so the people on the ground can hardly even see him. You'd have to even back up further to see him. And it was just so funny to see that while you know, you're in the playoffs and, you know, you've got drivers racing for a championship and, you know, all, all that uh, buzz that surrounds that. And yet there were still so many fans who all to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. That's so funny because I remember when you started at 41, which was, I want to say, 2016? 2017? Uh, at the beginning of 2017. Right. So I remember, like, that was the last year, right? So Dale Earnhardt Jr. is retiring, and it's like, oh, no, like, well, you know, Michelle writes about him all the time. What's going to happen? And I think <laughs> you've written more about him since retirement than you have pre-retirement, which is just, you know, fascinating. He, he really is uh, the ambassador, I guess you'd say, or like the – and it's funny because Jeff Gordon is is uh, uh, the name, but obviously we know the Earnhardt family, the legacy and all that, that really still is a factor. You, you feel that way, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's just, you know, when I talked to fans last year for his retirement race, um, you know, some of them broke down in tears. They were devastated. <laughs> and so it's just and even, you know, I asked a lot of drivers throughout um, the last few weeks, you know, who who's having the biggest impact on NASCAR right now from, a, you know, an individual driver standpoint. And a couple of them still said Dale Jr. because now he has switched over from being behind the wheel into the broadcast booth. And when NBC broadcasts the second half of the season, he's on TV for several hours every day on every Sunday. And other some drivers think that that's having um, a, a much more monumental impact on the sport than they would have imagined. That's pretty wild. That is very, very weird to me. But it makes sense when you think about what Dale means to, to people, as you said. Uh, before we go on, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Support for For the Win comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Let's talk about buying a home. It can be one of the most important purchases you'll ever make. But today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, and credit to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. 
They'll lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then, once you've found the one, if rates have gone up, your rate stays the same. But if rates have gone down, you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. All right, Michelle. Let's talk about NASCAR in general. We, we looked back a little bit. Let's look forward. What's going on with the sport right now? Where do you see it going What you know after this season? Oh, Michelle, did I lose you? Oh, sorry. I put it on mute while I was drinking coffee during your commercial. <laughs> That's totally <Sorry>. fine. Go <laughs> ahead. So, so what's your thinking about uh, uh, this coming season, you know, the NASCAR in the future? That's, that's good. Uh, we, we like, uh, you know, honesty here on the podcast. I, I like that. Uh, t- tell me what your, your thoughts. Um, so it's not so much about, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard to determine specifically where the sport is headed, but pretty much everyone aside from NASCAR executives agree that it, it's not going in a great direction. And there are some people who are really just refusing to admit it and acknowledge that, right? Like to address a problem, you have to first acknowledge that there is a problem. And NASCAR race attendance is down, viewership is way down, and this is not a new trend that's suddenly happening this year or the last couple years. You're talking a decade or maybe more of a downward trend. And um, those numbers are um, decreasing at, at a much stronger rate lately, it seems. And so I just, you know, it, it you talk about what, what the state of the sport is, and it's really hard when everyone sits there and says, oh, it's fine, it's fine, like, we're, we've never been better, the, the, the best part of the sport is still ahead of us, and it's just, it's that, it's a non-denial denial, mm. you know? Like, you have to, you know, th- this weekend, one of the, the, the other championship driver we didn't really mention was Martin Truex Jr. He won the championship in 2017, and early a, a few months ago, his, you know, reigning championship team announced that they literally do not have enough money to exist anymore. Sunday was their last race. Like what is, if that isn't the writing on the wall, I don't know what is. You have a problem when your championship team has to close up shop because they literally don't, they lost their primary sponsor and literally don't have enough money to keep going. Well, what's the solution or do you have any ideas of the solution? I think you have to start, like, cutting costs is the big one, right? But I think a lot of that can be done by making the season shorter in multiple Hmm. aspects. Not just fewer races, but the races have to be shorter, right? Like, when, you know, we measure how to catch someone's attention with a video on social media by, you know, whether or not it retains them for, like, one to three seconds, right? Like, people aren't tuning in to watch four hour NASCAR races on Sundays anymore. And especially when on the, on Sundays in the fall, it has to compete with the NFL. Right. So I, 
I think if you shortened the season to, you know, say 25 races or 26 races, something like that, you go from February to August, you crown your champion, you don't have to compete with the NFL. Um, I, I think that could quickly make it more competitive because there's obviously fewer opportunities to win a race. But then I think you have to make the actual races shorter as well. And, wow. you know, I'm not talking about like, you know, changing the length of the Daytona 500 or something like that. But like some of these races don't need to be three and four hours. People don't tune into three or four hour baseball or football games like they're not going to do it for NASCAR. Oh, they do for football. I mean, football games last, what, three hours, right? So it's like a one to four fifteen kind of thing. Uh, but I see right. your point. I, I know what you're saying, but but what you're saying is racing is a different beast entirely because you're not, you know, you, you probably want to tune in for the last 50 laps maybe if you're a hardcore, I mean, if you're a hardcore fan, you're probably there at the race or you're watching, you know, for hours and hours. I, it's, it's, it's interesting because at first I was like, well, purists and the sport and whatever, but baseball's starting to move on, on some of those things um, to shorten up games. And, and it makes a lot of sense uh, for something that's untimed like baseball is um, to have a little bit more of a timer. And I, I think it works a little bit. Um, it's tough to compete against the NFL and the NBA, which moves so quickly. Um, I was just joking uh, in my head before you said, you know, you're not changing Daytona 500. I was like, oh, you could make it the Daytona 50. That would be like really funny. But no, <laughs> I I think those are major changes. Um, do you think that NASCAR will consider some of those changes, uh, given what you've seen over the last couple of seasons? I mean, they very vaguely say we're open to all possibilities, right? They had a mm-hmm. press conference um, on Sunday for the annual State of the Sport press conference. And, and that was a very vague, we're open to any possibility kind of thing. But are you really? It, it, it just, it never, they make little changes to the season and little things, but you're, you're you know, changing up, um, you know, the, the track at, um, like, the literal shape of a track at Charlotte Motor Speedway and, you know, changing up the location of some of the playoff races and stuff like that but like those aren't still aren't addressing the fundamental issues that it costs tens of millions of dollars per car to go out and race for 36 weeks out of the year and you you don't have things like salary caps and it's just you're you're losing competition because the smaller teams can't keep up as the bigger teams start to pull away and then even your bigger teams are struggling at some point. You know, Jimmy Johnson, um, seven-time NASCAR champion, arguably the best NASCAR driver ever because things are so competitive right now. He lost his primary sponsor this year, the only one he's ever had. And he granted, he he has a new one who's made a full-time commitment for next year. But, you know, that just goes to show, goes back to the idea of, you know, your defending champion is struggling and your seven-time champion is struggling to find money. Like, you have to find ways to make this sport less expensive for those actually physically competing in it. And the small changes that the sport has made don't address that at all. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. Uh, you can find everything. Where can we find you on, on Twitter? Are you Michelle Martinelli4? Is that what I have it as? I'm Martinelli4. M. Martinelli 4. I was so close. M. Martinelli 4. You can (laughs) check out all kinds of stuff. Michelle, we're looking forward to the end of college football season. You're going to be doing a lot of that, right? 
I mean, I'm not really looking forward to the end of college football season, but yeah, like we are looking ahead to it. It is coming up shortly. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and thank you guys so much again for joining us again. This is the end of the Tuesday podcast. Thank you guys and listeners and everybody so much for listening. You can find us on uh, podcasts everywhere on Fridays now with Emil Javeri and the crew. Uh, see you all on the internet. <laughs>